The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, author and speaker Charlotte Gamble explains that every journey has a beginning, middle, and end. One of the great sadnesses is when we try and bypass the middle or we try and, you know, sometimes we'll pray prayers like, God, if you could just zap me out of the middle, if you could just take me out sure. of it, deliver. But, you know, I've always discovered with God that God will always take seed from every sorrow and he'll plant it in your tomorrow. Finding the miracle in the middle, next. going to be blessed. I'm Betty and this is James. And we're so glad to have Charlotte Gammer with us from, uh, you know, over there in the, the great land of uh, <laughs> the UK. And, and the thing is, it's Life Church. I kind of like the name of that. She's a great author. She's a great speaker and a communicator of God's truth and his love. And she's really, really got a special gift. And we, uh, I think they send her over here to do missionary work in the States. And we actually try to convince her how she's desperately needed there in the United Kingdom. Uh, and I really just thank God for her. And I, I want you to give her a real good U.S. welcome. Would you to Charlotte Gamble? We're glad to have you, Charlotte. Good to see you. We're always glad to have you. You know, when you visit the States, uh, you always feel free to come see us. All right, I want, I want to just really cut to the chase about the book. Yes. The Miracle in the middle. Now, this is not a weight loss deal. Uh -uh. Like, no, thankfully I'm not talking about This is a better act. Okay, that's, not, okay, that's not what we're talking about. What are, what are we talking about here? Well, you know, I guess the book was written a little bit from a frustration in me because I saw too many of my friends and people that I did life with get stuck in this area that I've called the middle. You know, in any area of our life, whether it's our marriage or whether it's raising our kids or you just just going through seasons with your business, you know, there's the beginning where everybody's excited. You know, when you first get married, it's like, oh, he's Prince Charming and he can do no wrong and you say all your vows. Well, there's a reason you say them at the beginning. <laughs> because you know, there's a middle coming, <laughs> yeah. uh, and oh, okay. the middle's where sometimes Prince Charming looks like Shrek, and <laughs> you know, and it's not like it was back then. And and there's, there's a middle in the business when it's not as exciting as you thought it was going to be, or maybe more failures come to you than success, or the middle with the children where you feel like I didn't think it would turn out this way. And I just saw so many people in that middle point begin to doubt God, begin to question their direction, and many people just give up and kind of say, well, it is what it is. And so I'm not going to try anymore. And I really wanted to write a book to say, hey, there's language for the middle. There's a, there's a message in the middle that actually God wants you to keep going in the middle. And actually, I believe some of our greatest miracles await us in the middle. Can you give us some illustrations? Because I feel like I identify in the sense that there have been times when I've talked about the birth of a dream yeah. or the birth of a vision. Right. And then what seems to be the death, the difficulty in the vision to where you almost doubt if in fact it mm -hmm. was a vision that you were excited about and where did it come from? Did mm -hmm. it just come, you know, I hallucinated or right. I just had some vain imagination or did it really come from God? 
I think there are those challenging times, and so I'm assuming that this is similar to what you're referencing. Absolutely. I mean, we all have them. I think, you know, anyone in the audience, anyone watching today, they would be able to relate to a middle that they're going through. And the truth is, if you're not in the middle right now, you're probably heading towards one. <laughs> um, sorry for that good news. And so, <laughs> and so you know, that we all go through them. They look different for everybody. Um, and I wrote this uh, book really inspired by the disciples. Um, you know, in, in Mark 6, um, verse 43, there's a very interesting account where the Jesus... Ma Mark 6. Mark is that 6. Mark 6. That's Mark 6. That would be the Same way... Same as Mark. The way you, Mark you would properly say it would be Mark 6. Okay, I got you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, the good thing about me is I'm married and American, so I'm bilingual. Okay. So I understand. Okay. I, got I appreciate it. I, I wanted to be sure that we had it right. I got you. Yeah, I got now, you. I could just see people trying to find Mark all the way through. All right, Mark 6. And in Mark 6, you know, Jesus has just finished doing an incredible miracle. He's just fed thousands on the shore. And he turns to his disciples and he says, I want you to get in the boat and I want you to go to Bethsaida and I'll meet you there. And I've found that so often in life, we don't want to leave the shore of the spectacular. We want to stay where we felt the goosebumps and it was awesome and we had those feelings. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says to those that are willing to follow him, like the disciples had promised and committed, now, actually, this part, I want you to get in your boat and row. Well, they knew what a boat was. They knew how to row. They were fishermen. But we don't like following in the familiar. The middle often happens in the routine of life, the ordinary of life. It's not spectacular. It's doing the laundry. It's working out the marriage. It's paying the bills. It's the routine that kicks in in the middle where we don't feel God like we felt him back on the shore. And so they get in the boat, and the Bible actually records in that scripture they were in the middle of the lake. I love how it tells us where they were <laughs> because I think the enemy knows something about the middle. He knows you're far enough away from the shore where you last felt that sense of presence. You're not yet where he told you to go. You're not Bethsaida yet, where he said he'll meet you. He knows that you're vulnerable in the middle. And so in the middle is where the storm begins. In the middle is where the wind picks up. In the middle is where the struggle kicks the in. The turbulence. Right. And so the disciples who knew Jesus better than most, who'd just been with him moments earlier, begin to freak out in the middle. And the Bible says that Jesus sees them straining at the oars. And then it says this, and he was about to pass them by. And I'm like, what's that? He wasn't even going to stop. He wasn't even going to show compassion. But you know what I think? I think the middle's where God says, I need you to be mature. Because see, Jesus had said, I'm going to meet you in Bethsaida. And Jesus knew, I'm good to my word. I'm going to see you in Bethsaida. You're not going to sink. In, I didn't say go to the middle and sink. You'll never make it. I said, I'll, I'll meet you there. And I think in the middle is where we have to actually test what's in the middle of us. Do I really believe that God's my healer? Do I really believe that this vision was from God? Do I really believe that I'm committed and I'm going to stay planted? I think the middle tests what's in the middle of you. And that's what was happening for those disciples. But better than that, in the middle, they had a miracle. Because in the middle, Jesus did show up but not like they'd seen him before. I mean, everybody knew Jesus on the shore. Everybody knew Jesus with sand under his sandals. But in the middle, that's when you see the Jesus that walks on water. Mm -hmm. And that's a revelation that no one can ever take from you, that you see an aspect of Jesus in your middle moments that you know that you know that you know, okay, God, now I get it, now I know. And I just pray by writing this book that people would hang on in their middle to get that revelation that'll take them to the next side. Well, Some of the best part can be in the middle. Right. You know, because we are completely hanging on to Him yeah. and, and waiting for Him to show us the next step. Uh -huh. So many times we want to hurry to the other uh -huh. side. 
and to miss all the neat and wonderful right. things that God has to teach us. Right. They might not see so wonderful sometimes, but right. those lessons, right. such value mm -hmm. to our lives. And if we miss that, then we miss completely what God's trying to show us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think he was walking on the things that troubled him. Yeah. So he, he's able to overcome, and I believe lead us to where we can overcome if we just trust the one who is able to calm the storms, walk on the water. But I actually think those testing times are strengthening. I think it's like uh, uh, it's like the clay being shaped by God. There's pressure, but it is purposeful pressure, mm -hmm. and it can shape us into Christ's likeness. Right. But those are not comfortable moments. Right. I have by. Uh, I've asked the Lord many times. I said, I know you're honing me up. I felt like a lot of times the Lord has to use one of those jackhammers on me right. to knock rough edges off. And I've gotten to where I cried, God, please, could you use a little buffing paper, a little, a little, a little you know, fine sandpaper on me? And I think the more yielded we are, the more easily we're able to be shaped. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I've passed on to people a lot of times when you think about pressure shaping us is that if you feel pressure, that pressure is normally to move something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you understand the pressure in a, in a person committed to God, mm -hmm. if you say, okay, Lord, I've, I've really given you my life. I've put my life in your hand. I want your will. That the pressure is either coming from his fingers to shape us or even if it's coming from the enemy, it's being filtered through his mm -hmm. fingers so that it can still accomplish a heavenly purpose, a kingdom purpose. And we've got to understand that if we really are submitted to God, however difficult it gets in the middle, right. in the journey, right. it's, it's still it's going to work out for his glory. Right. All things, even things that do not seem to be good, are worked together by God for good to those who love him right. and realize we're called according to his kingdom purpose. If people realize we've been left here, not like left alone, we've been left here by divine design and on a divine assignment. Right. And we are here to be his witnesses even in the storm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have the storm. That's why we got to build on a rock. And you're going to have those difficult times right. and holding on. And I guess I just, I guess I hear you saying to people, those times are going to be there, right. but you don't really even have to dread them. You have to understand them right. and know that he's going to walk you through it for purpose. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the great sadnesses is when we try and bypass the middle or we try and, you know, sometimes we'll pray prayers like God, if you could just zap me out of the middle, if you could just take me out sure. of it, deliver. But, you know, I've always discovered with God that God will always take seed from every sorrow and he'll plant it in your tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants to do. There is a sorrow, but there's a seed inside it, but you'll never get the seed out of it if you rush past your middle. And I think it's our job as believers, it's our job as the church to extract the seed that nobody else extracts and to take it and plant it in a tomorrow that will flourish in someone else's life. The, 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 the middle you went through in your marriage, if you take the seed out of that struggle, you can plant it in your neighbor's marriage who are struggling and say, hey, look what we learned in our mm -hmm. middle. Look what I learned when I persevered with my business. I think that's our gift. I wanted to put language around a time and a period in all of our journeys that people sometimes avoid talking about. Kind of, it doesn't fit the cliche of what Christians should go through. So we say, well, you know, it didn't happen to me or, or thank God I'm through it. But I want to say, no, what did you learn in it? You know, mm -hmm. I love when Jesus came to them and he saw that they were freaking out the disciples in the middle. You know, he said three things, just three things. He said, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And I think in the middle, you don't need a lot. That's enough. Mm -hmm. And you know, whoever's watching today, if they're going through a middle, I think God's saying the same. Take courage, because it's a choice. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can take fear or you can take courage. Take courage. It is I. 
this is not a promise that's based on what man said. It's on what I said. It's my word you're standing on. And don't let fear take you down. Don't let doubt drown you. And I just love that that was the simplicity of what he said, and yet in it was everything that he needed to say. How about a, a personal experience, perhaps, that you talk about in the book, something you went through where you really struggled in the, in the middle? Can you give us some idea of what you yeah, might Yeah, I mean, I've had many. I think, you know, if you've been around leadership or any form of responsibility, you face many disappointments. You face many things where you thought, God, would I, I would be here now, but, he, you know, I'm over here. But personally for me, one of my big ones was that my husband and I were told we would never have children. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we went through five years of a middle of infertility treatment and one failed you know, attempt to be pregnant after another. And in there was a lot of heartache. And I was like, hey, God, I'm one of the good girls. I, I serve you. I love you. You know, I kind of like, you owe me a favor, Lord. <laughs> you know, we pray those prayers. Like, they don't really make sense. But I was like, hey, I, I'm feeling it. So I'm sure. just letting you know. And, and, you know, it didn't happen. It didn't happen with the first prayer. It didn't happen with the second prayer. And that was a middle. It was a long middle. You know, that's the thing. Middles can be five hours. They can be five years. And, um, and in that middle, you know, honestly, in that middle, I found out what was in the middle of me. Hmm. I found out as a preacher whether I believed what I preached. I found out as a believer whether I believed what I said I believed. I found out as a worshiper whether my worship was actually based on a truth that was deep on the inside of me or I was just singing words that somebody had written. I found out in my prayer life, was I a warrior or was I just a warrior? You know, I found out whether I was a woman of faith or whether I was just someone that knew people of faith. You know, in the middle, you, just, you find, really you do find what's in the middle of you and I would never swap it. It was hard, it was difficult, but that sorrow that we went through that eventually turned to joy because now we have two children mm -hmm. and two miracle kids has become so many other people's testimony for their strength in their middle. The mm -hmm. seed from my sorrow is now somebody else's tomorrow seed of hope. And that's why we can't afford to bypass these moments because they're our gift to one another. You know, you give your gift of your story to those that are believing for vision mm -hmm. from God. I can give that journey and story to someone that's believing for children. And when we all talk about our middles, I tell you, there's more miracles than we sometimes realize. You know, we couldn't have a, a second child. Betty had a condition called endometriosis mm -hmm. that a lot of women do have. And doctor told her that it'd be virtually impossible to have another child and so what did you do in the middle? Well, first of all, I, I had a little anger toward God at uh -huh. first. You know, I went through all those frustration, frustrated feelings and I, our friends were having yeah. other children, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought, why not me, God? I'm a good mother, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be a good mother to another child. But I had to come to that point mm -hmm. where I had to trust God in what he was doing in my heart and in my life. And I said, okay, God, I give this to you. This is yours. Mm. I am happy the beautiful daughter you gave us. Mm. And I'm my husband that loves me so much. And maybe there are other children out there that I could be a mother to. Mm -hmm. Well, God showed me in prayer that he wanted us to adopt. Mm. And we adopted our son. Mm -hmm. And our son has given us four beautiful grandchildren and the life that he and his wife together. It's just been beautiful to watch. So we must not get in a That's hurry right. and get ahead of God. He was your miracle in the middle. He really was. And you were his and miracle. And then three and a half years later, God blessed us with Robin, our miracle mm -hmm. baby that I wasn't uh -huh. supposed to be able to help. Amen. So God does have a plan Absolutely. if we don't mess it up. Absolutely. If we'll Absolutely. just wait on him Absolutely. and I take every step 
following him. I think we try and do God's job for mm -hmm. him. You know, we're good at tidying up God. Okay, God, <laughs> yeah. that didn't work out. I'll, yeah. do a, I'll do a cover campaign for you. <laughs> That's kind of like what Martha did, right? When Lazarus died, when, yeah. the, when the sisters, they were like, well, we buried him. It's okay. You're late. We got it down. We threw the service. It's okay, Jesus. And he's like, hey, did I tell you that I would be back? And did I tell you that I would use this as an occasion to bring glory to my name? See, sometimes we throw the party too early. Sometimes we close the door too soon. And God's like, no, I can do dead too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do some of my best work at dead. Yeah. So just leave it alone and let yeah. me, let yeah. me in the middle of what you think is the worst case scenario, show you that I am the best God possible. What, what do you sense people will get as they go through the pages and see what God put on your heart? What are you, what are you hoping will happen in them? I, I, well, f uh, several things. You know, when I wrote the book, I guess, you know, I love people, uh, you know, I just love, I love God's family, I love people. So I wrote it hoping to step into people's shoes and feel the empathy and feel the compassion, but then give some tools. So I didn't want people to just read a chapter and then go about their life. So every chapter ends with points. Okay, here's three things now to do with what you just read. Here's three things that you can do at this moment in your middle, and every chapter ends with three things to pray. So I wanted them to read and have faith, but have a sailor moment at the end and go, okay, now here's the deeds I'm going to put to that. So I'm hoping that the book is not just something you read and then put back on your shelf, but it becomes a guide through your middle. And I become, um, with the help of God, a voice through those pages of encouragement and strength and, and cheering you on and saying, come on, find the miracle in your middle. You appreciate Charlotte and the way she communicates with God has put in her heart and her mind and, and her journey. Uh, the book is in the bookstores. You can go online and get it. You have a website if people want to know where you might be speaking, like if you come over here as a missionary to the States again. <laughs> I know. What's, what's I seem to be website? here a lot. You yeah. must need a lot of missionary we are very help. Needy. We're very, very, very needy. We don't even speak proper. I know. We, I'm we, trying. Yeah, I'm no, trying. When we need it, where do they find you on the CharlotteGamble.com. All right. That's, yeah. per, that's pretty yeah, simple. If you'd simple, like yeah. to have the book, we'd be glad to send it to you. Let me just say this to you, and it, it's very, very, uh, to us it's exciting. In no way do we feel like it's a, a load or a weight. We feel like it's a joy. Uh, our viewers join Betty and me in sharing life, not just in word, but in deed. Sharing love, not just in word, but in action. And one of the things that we do that gives our viewers the greatest joy is to give something that lasts a lifetime but represents eternity. We talk about water for life. We have to have water to live. Can't live without it. But what about the water of life? That which gives us eternal life, which Jesus referenced even as he spoke with the woman at the well. You drink here, you thirst again. But if you drink the water that I give you, you will have everlasting thirst quenched by my presence and my power. Well, our viewers love to do what we love to do and that is to share the love of God in action. Drilling water wells and giving people fresh, clean water is one of the greatest joys of our life and our viewers. I want you to listen to the heart of one of our best friends. We call her a missionary. She's a beautiful mus musician, communicator, and a wonderful writer, but she's a missionary. Listen to her as she hears a story, and you know what? We're the solution to the challenge she talks about. บ้านเจ้าสดายเจ้าจะสดายเฮ้ยบ้านเดิมเธอไหมกลับมาเจ้าบ้านเติมนึกเฮ้ยสดายเจ้าเลยสดาย
some point, we all wish we could go back, that we could change things. But for some people, even if they could go back, there's nothing more they could do. ແມ່ນຕຶກຕຶກປະຫຼາຍນັ້ນອ້ອຍພຶກບານພູມກິຈຸຍອ້ອຍບານລຸຍທຸປີຕະດັບເມີນເທີບົນພະເດຕຽນ
and many like her that are losing their children and, and their grandchildren. Let's stop that process. Let's stop that, that death that's taking place that doesn't have to because we can drill those water wells and give them the pure, fresh, clean water for their children. And with all my heart, I believe you're going to do it. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Father, please just direct those who love you and love others and those who care. In Jesus' name, listen, listen to me. You can go online, lifetoday.org. Take your bank card, use it like a check, and just make the, make the largest gift you can, would you? I mean, if you can afford to give enough to take care of 30 and give water for 30 with $144, do that. If the 48 is what you do, do it. But if you can drill a well, drill the well or a portion of it and pray somebody will step up with you and match what you do if you give 2400 Another one matches it, we got another well. At whatever level, help. If, if you want to, you know, call and use your bank card, dial the number there on the screen and take that card, use it like a check, make the gift. If you write a check, make it to life. That's what you're giving. But call us, please. We need to hear from you. We need to know. We've got to tell the missionaries and the workers they're coming to your area. We've got the resources to get the drilling rigs there. Would you do it, please? We have some beautiful gifts to give to you to say we love you. We want to invest in your life because we do as you're investing in the lives of others. A gift of love, a gift of life. Thank you so much for doing it. If you ever get a busy, you'll be persistent and you press on and call until you get through because lives do depend on it. Thank you for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Every Day A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Well, Betty and I, thank you for your help. Uh, no way to describe what it means to those who get the water. If you'd like to have Charlotte's uh, book, you can get it in the bookstores or online. Or if you say, James, we've helped today. We've, we've made a gift for the water. We want to help. And uh, to say thank you, if you'd like to have this miracle in the middle, and boy, you've been somebody's miracle in their crisis, we'll be glad to send it to you. Just ask for it. We appreciate Charlotte being here. Would you like to tell her thanks for coming to the States to help? Thank you, Charlotte, and bless you and your church and your ministry. And thank all of you for your help. I hope you visit the stream every day, stream.org.
Go there for the news that matters and the answers. Thanks for watching. start with that sense of connection that God made me on purpose and for a purpose. Shauna Nequist encourages us to savor this day, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.